Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Right on. How you doing, man? Good. <laughs> That's it. There's, there's no one else to introduce. So. My dude, your, vod- your video and audio don't match on any level on a, a, to a point that it uh, is almost funny. Um, hopefully uh, yeah, it catches us up. It's freezing up in a sec. Oh, it's catching up a little bit there. All right, yeah. boys and girls. Yeah. Good. No show. No, uh, no, sorry. No mic this week. Not his fault. Uh, Spectrum Internet. That's whose fault it is. So get your shit together, Spectrum. I think would be a fair assessment of that. Wouldn't you say, Mark? Huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Write your letters to Spectrum and let yeah. them know how upset you are that Mike couldn't make the show yeah, this week. Yeah, because like, it's a lot, probably less nonsense, but still some nonsense on this episode. Um, there was no show last week because I was still in New York with Mike. Um, so... It's been like 10 days, eight days since UFC uh, 281. Mm-hmm. We recognize this is a evergreen, this is not an evergreen show. And everybody, this is a kind of a current events podcast. So we're not going to try to relitigate uh, and have you listen to the same takes that everybody else has about an event. Sure. I just want to, I'll give you my overall impression as somebody who went there. Um, I kind of get the Madison Square Garden thing. About why mm-hmm. it's about, I, I kind of ex- was looking to look to get it because I knew that it's got a lot of history in that arena. You know, you got like sure. especially with boxing, you know, and wrestling and uh, basketball. But like you know, Muhammad Ali fought fucking uh, Joe Frazier in Madison Square Garden. You know, mm-hmm. the, the WWF was created in Madison Square Garden. The Knicks won championships in you know Madison Square Garden, and this is also New York City, so everything's elevated. I was, uh, I don't know if this is a result of the card starting so late, Mark, but generally pretty full early on. It got, mm-hmm. like, it was pretty full. It was definitely very, it was definitely 100% full by the start of the pay-per-view. That's mm-hmm. 10 p.m. though over there, not 7 p.m. So yeah. there's that. There was a real, uh, it felt more like a card we go to in Vegas where, like, you kind of feel it's a big fight, you know, rather than just, like, a local show or local you sure. know, one. And, um... Good people around us, man. Not a lot. I mean, there was the guy a couple of rows back we thought was a little racist. Um, but besides that, it's funny. You got to say it like that when I got to say good people. There was a, you know, guy a little racist. But overall, it's a good group of people around us. Uh, no one was, you know, it was, we were sitting in a section with a lot of fighter, uh, I guess, friends, family, acquaintances. I'm not, I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. for maybe, it's, I, I mean, I'm assuming family would be closer, but we were sitting, uh, in front of us was a gentleman who's a teammate of Glover Teixeira's and Alex Pajeda's and, you know, uh, that that team. So he was pretty excited. We were also sitting next to Alex Pajeda's lawyer, a couple rows down, a couple seats down from us. So, right. yeah. And then, you know, I think the lady next to Mike might have known uh, Blanchfield. Um, okay, cool. So it's kind of cool being on a group of people. Um, and in New York, they, you know, you can't get a top for your water bottle. But they take the time to right. pour your water bottle into a cup, and like one of those like uh, cups with like it's like a sippy cup basically, but it's like a Starbucks cup. Okay. The, you know the Starbucks cups basically. Okay. That, yeah, seems seems throwable. I with think liquid I in think it. so too. I think I'm like I can yeah. toss this. I'm like this seems <laughs> like a mistake. Feeding their own purpose. Yeah, I'm like I can peg somebody. And maybe with it this. makes a spiral when you throw it down, but it still seems like it's got enough weight to project. But all right, fair enough. Yeah. So and I, I also we uh Batman wasn't that long ago the most recent Batman movie. And uh, okay. remember the end of the movie where they're in like Gotham Square Garden because Gotham is just New York, right? Uh, that whole scene I in the guess. basketball arena. There's like some of that there's like people walking up there the whole time. I'm like, oh, oh these right. motherfuckers are Riddler. One of them is Riddler. They're gonna get taken out right here. It's not cool. Um, but yeah, it was a really good event, and uh, I think it had some record for like most finishes and most first round finishes and. You got to do. I mean, that. yeah, it seemed like it was just a good card in general, which is which is always the dream, right? Regardless of what venue you're at, you want to just be entertained, and it seemed like this was a good one. So yeah, I mean, we paid out the ass for it too. Uh, it was a lot of money. 
Uh, and that probably helps with the fan base. You know, you can't get, you know, your fair weather fans at, you know, $600. Yeah, if you're paying that much money, seat, you better fucking so. be on board. You know what I mean? That's it. Right. You better be on board at 600 bucks. Um, and uh, they got to do that rematch though, right, Marcus? Let's just get to the, let's talk about the road just for a moment. They got, I mean, Izzy's getting a rematch if he wants it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes the most sense. I mean, I, I think it's fair to assume that Pereira is a little bit of, maybe a weaker champion because he has glaring holes in his game. It's just not where Izzy really accelerated at, which made this fight compelling and interesting, you know, especially when it came to the grappling exchanges, you know, Izzy did a great job controlling him on top. He didn't really have the skill set to take Pereira down himself. You know, the one takedown he got in, I think that was the third, right? He got more than really because I thought he got a couple, didn't he? I think he. I don't think he got any in the. Go ahead. Fourth, I'll look it up. We're talking. I think. I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I could be mistaken, but it was Alex making you know a big mistake in the clinch, overexerting himself to try to take Izzy down, and Izzy was able to capitalize on the mistake and take him down. But then, I mean, what was impressive was that he was he completely controlled him. He took his back and just did not let him get back up for the rest of the round. But it seemed like in the the other rounds, he he could not you know recreate that scenario again, and had to stand with him, and ultimately to his demise in the fifth. But you know. You it were was correct. An exciting fight. I don't know. I, I, mean, yeah. he, I thought he was on top of him more than one. Maybe it wasn't a takedown. He just got on top of him some other well, way. Well, I just, but. I mean, watching, I just remember like Alex took him down at the end of the second, and that was a, a good single to double transition. You know, yeah. I think watching it after, I think DC or something is like, oh, we kind of just strength him down. He's like, no, he went for a single. He had his head in the wrong position, but he transitioned to a double where then his head was in the yeah. right position and got Izzy down for all of five seconds, which it didn't really a- account for much. Um, you know, but to Alex's credit, you know, the corner did a great job making sure that he knew exactly what he needed to do in that fifth round. He he had a lot in the tank. You know, I think after the fourth, it definitely seemed like, oh, this guy might not have you know enough to really put up much of a fight in the fifth round. But he obviously did. You know, you know, you know what then, was nice, man. Mm-hmm. And I was telling yeah. like this. Um, we watch a lot of fights, right? And the, the mm. stuff that I really enjoy and I don't enjoy because like seen it a million times. A couple of things really came out of this main event that I liked. One, I like that when a guy is down, okay, and he's definitely about to lose, I mm-hmm. like when they fucking go for it, man. And it sounds like you, of course, why wouldn't you go for it? But a lot of dudes don't want to take chances and get knocked out, especially mm-hmm. in this situation. And Alex was just like, I, before the fifth round started, I turned to Mike and I'm like, he's got two minutes of a blitzkrieg at most. He has like a, maybe, and then he's going to be like, he doesn't have the energy. Like he's got to go for it. That's it. Mm-hmm. He knocked him out two minutes and one second into that thing, man. He like, I was so impressed with that. I like, we're talking about a guy who's champion and Izzy Adesanya. The number of dudes who are down three, four rounds and just don't do anything except try mm-hmm. to avoid getting finished. Again, look, I'm not a fighter. I understand you don't want to get knocked out in front of everybody, but sometimes it works and you become middle, you become middleweight champion. Sometimes it works and you're Leon Edwards and you become fucking welterweight champion. You know what I mean? Like. Fucking go for it, man. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it helps that Alex is such a strong striker and him pressing. But he the was like, he looked exhausted. Where... I thought he was done, honestly. He I did. thought he was cooked. But, but it, j- j- just to his credit is that like when he was advancing is mm-hmm. when he was doing good. Whoever was advancing in this fight was the person that was winning the fight. Yeah. So not only was that the, you know, the motivation he needed to win, but it was also like the correct strategy mm-hmm. for him to be able to beat someone like Izzy was to put the pressure on him to get him against the cage. And it was, you know, and it also had to do with the accumulation of the leg kicks. You know, obviously, you know, the end of the, the fight in the fifth round mm. came off of a check kick because they both were, you know, especially in the mm. early rounds, were throwing a lot of kicks. And, you know, that paid dividends for Alex. And then once Izzy didn't have that mobility and he got up against the cage, you know, that big sucker left hook was going to was gonna land sooner or later. Yeah. So, it, But at the end of the day, just a great fight. Yeah. And I and think then, people have been you know, critical of Izzy not being super, yeah. his fights you know what not I being liked? exciting. So this was good. And then before we move on, one thing other thing I liked, Izzy Adesanya didn't fucking mope. Izzy Adesanya th- thought the stoppage right. was iffy, but then he talked to his coaches and they're like, hey man, it was, it was fair. It was fair. And then Izzy accepted that. He congratulated Alex. They shook hands. All that stuff. And then Izzy went to the post-fight press conference and faced the music. And then the next day, he did all the media he had already committed to. He went on Ariel's show for like half an hour and talked about it. He's like, I lost. And you know, man, like everything about that dude seems real to me. Every part about it. And in a world where we got dudes making like, how many fake ways can you sell a fight with some bullshit? You know what I mean? And I get it. Like, every, even Izzy's going to mm. ramp shit up. But like, I, I know what I'm getting with this dude, you know? Because there's a lot of dudes not like that anymore. 
And it's weird. But, like, there's a lot of guys just trying to, like, I don't watch MMA for wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, for professional wrestling. That's not why I watch MMA. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's a genuine beef, if there's a genuine thing, like, okay. But, like, I don't know. I'm just, just, I thought, I really, every part about that event and that main event, too, was everything good for me about MMA. That coming, I mean, well, not Chandler Fishhooking. Everything else was really, you know, I'm kidding. But, like, everything about that event was really, like, I really, it made me like, I mean, a lot of this sport is shit, man. A lot of what surrounds the fights are shit. And this was great. Top to bottom. Every part of this was great. It made me, it was a good reminder why I like the sport so much, basically. I know I'm, you know, rambling, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it was one of these, you know, big events. It was It was a big event, not only in the stature of where it was being placed, it had big fights, and then the fights, you know, led to a great card, which doesn't always happen, right? I mean, we, one of our biggest complaints throughout the year is that there's not enough of cards like this or even close to the caliber of this. Um, and then even we, we do get a card that that's like this, where it has good caliber fights we're excited for, and sometimes they just don't pan out. They don't produce the the type of finishes and excitement and entertainment that we want in the card. And this one did all that, right? It just, everything hit right on the head, and including the main event, right? I mean, I think to have a really successful card, a card that, you know, we'll talk about as card of the year. It needs to have a main event that even though the, the fights before it are exciting in their own right, this needs to elevate itself to really be the showstopper, right? Cause this mm. is the, this is the main event, right? This is the thing that we're selling the pay-per-view on the most, even though this card had, you know, a number of fights that I think sold pay-per-views, yeah. but this was really the one and it paid off. Right. And I think a lot of that is, does yeah. have to even well, do with the defeat of Izzy as well and how yeah, gracious no, he was. Yeah. It's just, I, I really just enjoyed all of it, man. And like when that dude knocked out Edgar and he felt so bad about it, like he was like, I mean, he mm-hmm. probably had his own personal issues he's dealing with too, but like Chris Gutierrez knocks out Frankie Edgar. And immediately is like, hey, man, you know, he's going up to him, how much respect he has for him and stuff. Like, and then Hinato Moicano became a fucking legend in one night, at least for the crowd there. On video, sure. apparently, we didn't understand <laughs> half of what he said. But when he said Moicano wants money, we all felt that. Okay? <laughs> yeah. He, he's ma- he's making himself notice and seen, right? Which is, you know, something that a lot of guys kind yeah. of fall to the waistline. You just don't, they don't yeah. make a presence. And he definitely made a statement. He just not pissed. Only I mean, some fight, of it was bullshit, but some, you could tell a lot of it was based in like, fuck man, I'm really good. Like, remember last week you talked about Moicano when I was saying like, man, Moicano, what happened? And you're just like, man, was he ever good? Yeah. And like, I, never I mean, he's really here to prove it. On board. He's here to fucking yeah. prove it. I mean, he might, yeah. fucking Brad Riddell is going to retire or not fight for a while or something. Those of us mm-hmm. in the gambling community f- agree with that because Jesus, that was bad. Um, and Emily, a- Aaron Blanchfield, bro, just Aaron Blanchfield's a problem. Yeah, like, yeah, she probably should. So I do. Yeah, I do like Molly a lot. So she that's killed. A big, that's her. a big win. It was a slaughter, yeah. and she goes on top of Valentina. It's a serious problem. I'm just gonna say it. It's a serious problem for Valentina. Anyway, um, none of us watched the UFC event that was this past week. I was. Watch I was going to watch the main event I and was, then I'm looking yeah. I was getting my my minutes on YouTube cuz I just see they have they do all the post fights and I was like huh I didn't see Lewis or who he was fighting Sergey uh, Sergey yeah and I was like I didn't see either of them and it was over and then I'd look it up and be like oh he got sick okay I guess I'm skipping the card this yeah, week no exactly <laughs> and then uh, there isn't one this weekend I thought there was um, no. but then I yeah. you know it's uh, you know Thanksgiving and all um yeah so which again, everybody's home. Long weekend doesn't seem like. If it, you know what, man, I think they should put a fucking event on Black Friday. I, like, on I imagine. Itself. I imagine that maybe. I mean, I, I would assume that fighters would be like, you know, this kind of sucks. Why, why don't, don't they take weight. a bunch? Of, why don't they put a card overseas on Thanksgiving Day? A bunch Day? of people that don't celebrate Thanksgiving like, we got three football games sense. on TV. There's four NBA games I, on Christmas Day. I mean, like, may, may, maybe that's the thing is they don't want to compete with all those other sports that everyone I is mean, conditioned to watch. You, you could have put this. Sir, you put Sergey and Derek Lewis on. I feel I mean, everybody stuck at home is not going to hurt viewership. You know what I mean? It's not going to yeah, hurt viewership. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, Bellator. I saw some of Bellator. Enough to get real right. angry about Corey mm-hmm. Anderson costing me money. My, 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 Mark, this dude. And, you know, it's sad because I, I listened to this interview we had with Luke Thomas before the fight where, he, mm-hmm. where like he's like his team warned him. This is the second fight with Nemkov. Hey, man, he saw a lot of you in the first fight. You're going to have to make some adjustments. And Corey Anderson recognized that he was going to need to make some adjustments. You know who didn't make any adjustments? 
was Corey Anderson. Nemkov, Mark, Corey Anderson went 0 for 15 on takedowns. Right. And he just, like a lot of hype came off of Nemkov when he when he had that fight with Corey Anderson, quite frankly, because it looked like he was headed towards a defeat um, mm-hmm. before they got the clash of the heads, no contest thing. Uh, people got to be all right back on board, man, because uh, they uh, he went down to American Top Team because, mm. I mean, uh, look, I'm assuming Fedor's, I don't know how good Fedor's team is. To be honest, at this point, right? Um, They're like no one's shooting doubles like this yeah. kid. So, and there's a whole ass war going on. So, you know, maybe the best is hitting there. These are all valid points. Yeah. Um, he went to ATT. He had Conan in his corner. Like he was out there mm. training with like I don't know what ATT's got. I think ATT's got like Steve Mako. I think maybe and like King Mo's down there. I think like they got wrestling dudes. They got mm. they got a 200 person gym. They teach you how to wrestle. Apparently, he learned wrestling entirely. He got very good at takedown defense. And it's a man whose only loss, I believe, is to Yuri Prohaska, Vadim Nemkov's, actually. I think so. I was looking it up earlier because I didn't remember they, that Corey and him fought before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge improvement. No, sorry, he has two losses. First, he like, lost to Carl okay. Albertson in some, some fight. Anyway, um, okay. yeah, but he uh, he's only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's going to defend that title on CBS against Yoel Romero. Okay. In February. I which, that. Good yeah. thing he's practicing his wrestling because that might come in handy. In this, uh, he in might just fight. look at him. He might just stare at him the whole fucking time. And the main event of that card is Fedor's retirement fight. And they gave him what oh. he wanted. Ryan Bader for the heavyweight title. Oh, oh, oh okay. I don't think Fedor, <laughs> okay. I'm not sure Fedor landed a punch last time they fought. Didn't, Fedor, didn't Ryan yeah, Bader win the whole tournament without giving up a strike? Or something. I mean, I, I th- it, it seemed like he just punched Fedor, and that was kind of it. So, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, yeah, thirty-five seconds. Yeah, I think you're right. Thirty-five okay, yeah. fucking seconds. Um, but to was it Van Dem? Oh, I'm forgetting his name. The guy that just beat Corey Anderson. Uh, Nemkov. Nemkov. I mean, to to his credit, you know, having that big of an adjustment. His last fight was the Corey fight. Yeah, no, that was right? huge. So to, to go back in here, and maybe the onus was on Corey, maybe not. Maybe he didn't work his wrestling. Maybe he was just working strike defense or something. Oh, yeah, and didn't yeah. polish the thing that you know really got him there. But he obviously thought he could rely on the wrestling again. And you know, Nemkov, you know, made those corrections. So that that's that's a big improvement. You know, to go from one fight where it looks like he was losing to make those corrections in the next one and win the fight is impressive. And what you want to see in, in a young fighter, you know. Yeah, at, at and then we got 30. yo this team Khabib. This whole team's a problem, Mark. They just mm-hmm. they they just locked down the uh, the Bellator lightweight division. Usman Nurmagomedov no. beat Tricky Pitbull's ass for twenty five minutes. Wasn't yeah. close. Nothing was close about this fight. Um, kind of felt like he probably could have put his put his foot on it a couple times and put his foot on the gas and end it a couple times in there mm-hmm. in the middle. But he kind of they don't really that team doesn't do that really. Like they, they, I mean, they, they remind me of Mighty Mouse. That they're gonna go for the finish when they're a hundred percent sure. You have no prayer here. Like I am not gonna blow this little fight. You know, it's almost like that. Like it's very, I don't know. Um, he fucking beat the shit out of Patricky, though. Honestly, if I'm Anthony McKee, I'm gonna rethink this whole lightweight thing and go back down and uh, go after Patricio because this is not a safe place. Because they're gonna yeah, put you I against mean- this dude. It's a problem. <laughs> that that team has developed a style that has, you know, kind of dominated the MMA landscape, you know. I mean, and there's and they have fighters in basically all the major organizations. I think they have someone in one. Yeah, I think as um, well. And it's I think Ma- Mamadev might be the guy on this list. So here's the mm-hmm. list of their team, and we're gonna count Fedor in this also because he's listed. Khabib Nurmagomedov, twenty nine and zero. Islam Mahachev, twenty three and one. Islam Mamadov, twenty two two and one. Zubaira Tuchov, 25 and 1. Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov, 17, 3 and 1. Usman Nurmagomedov. That's the Bellator one, right? I didn't get confused. Mm-hmm. The one who just became Bellator champion. 16 and 0. He's 24 fucking years old, by the way, Mark. He's 24. Mm-hmm. And then Umar Nurmagomedov, who fought on that UFC card, I believe. Um, 15 and 0. They are a combined. 142, 11, and 3. Like, what? Like, this team, man, this is like, they're just, are they just going to run? 
it feels like this dude is in Bellator, Mark, because they did not want to, they wanted, they didn't feel the need to have, um, they're like, we'll control this More one too. You know, we're just going to spread it out. Yeah. yeah. Why have a bunch? I mean, when you have these many high level guys yeah. in the same division, it is, you know, difficult to have them in the same organization because it's like, ultimately, if, they, if they, yeah, if they mm. perform how you think they're going to perform, they're going to eventually have to fight each other. And that's really not what they want to do. So, yeah. you know, why not have, you know, complete domination? So, I mean, to, to, to my point, I think it will be interesting to see i mean this style at some point someone will have to figure out something you know right now it does seem like the i mean and i don't know where all those losses came from but we know islam lost by knockout it does seem like stand-up might be the, but like who has the wrestling credentials to stop them to you know make the fight a stand-up fight and to put it in their best avenue so and even then that you know we've seen a lot of these guys still have very good stand-up because you know once they have the cornerstone of this um you know dagestani wrestling this sambo wrestling style where they completely dominate on the ground you spend a couple months you know just striking you kind of learn the ins and outs of where you're safe where you're not what mm -hmm. strikes work for you how you can gauge distance and then that all just meshes back into you know going back to your bread and butter so It'll be interesting to see how long this reign lasts. If there is any type of stylistic changes that other fighters have to make to combat it, but you know, right now it is kind of like these guys dominate. Their style is supreme, um, and no one can really get past it. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the future holds. Hey, Mike is on the podcast. We got Mike hey, Spectrum. Spectrum. You can stop writing your letters. They fix yeah, the internet. We, we told everybody to boy. just attack Spectrum. And this isn't a live podcast, but people people felt it in spirit. They hear. In in this case, it is not Spectrum's fault. It's not well, really anyone's fault. More just I got my new modem and router and it took a lot longer than expected for me to actually get it set up. <laughs> and <Been there. laughs> the nice guy, Devin, based out of North Carolina and Spectrum, was actually very helpful throughout the process. Oh, see? Oh, well, great. Okay. After the podcast, we're going to get into I'm, I'm, I'm going to nerd out about which ones you bought, by the way. Just letting you know, because that's the person I am. Um, Okie dokie. Yeah, we're just talking about um, how the Khabib's team is a combined 100. And this Apparently, this is missing some fighters in Bellator. And uh, the U and and one, but a combined 142, 11 and three. And then um, Usman Nurmagomedov just smashed Patriki Pitbull for the lightweight title in Bellator, which, as we just both kind of agree here, Mark and I agreed, him going to Bellator felt like a calculated decision. We're like, we already got the UFC locked up. Us uh, Islam's coming up there. Let's send him down to uh to to, to, to take care of Scotty Coker's uh league. So, um, yeah, and uh, I'm a big, and this is only for me, uh, but I'm a big Roman uh, Feraldo fan, and this was his first defeat, and hopefully he bounces back, but I'm a big Roman Feraldo fan because Roman Feraldo by uh, first round knockout made me money three different times. So when hey, it got past yeah, the first round, yeah, not he, he is six and a, he's a, he was, who was he in Bellator? He was, he ended up in Bellator, before this fight in Bellator, he was one, two, three, four, five and oh, four first round knockouts, one second round knockout. That was what he was before this. So once it wasn't looking like a knockout, I was like, ah, shit, not working out for our, for my dude, but um, he's only 29. So we'll see where he comes. We'll see him bounce back. And yeah, this leads into that uh, Bellator said they're going to be on CBS with uh, Fedor versus Ryan Bader. On February 4th um, at the Forum in Inglewood. And the co-main event of Yoel Romero versus the uh, light heavyweight champion Vadim Nemkov. So we'll see if these things happen on CBS. Who's going to start a riot, Mike? Huh? Come on now. We haven't had these things happen in MMA. We haven't been on MMA. I don't think we've had a CBS card since then. <laughs> is that? I don't know. Old ass Fedor. Is that really the best? He asked for it. He, he wanted that. Everybody else wanted something else. Literally everybody was just like. Uh, Josh Barnett. How about Josh Barnett? Have you heard of Josh Barnett? Oh, I love that. What? This guy, his name is Josh. Josh can he B. Get a fight you know, I don't want to give it away. Commissions? Yeah, it's Jay Barnett. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he could have. He wanted, bro, Josh was ca campaigning for it. Like, hey, man, remember when I sunk an entire promotion when I tested positive, basically? 
and we didn't get to do this fight. Let's do it now. We're both old. Yeah, I mean, fun. I don't. That, that's pr probably not the greatest bargaining chip. Nah. Like, yeah, remember we tried this before, and I tanked an organization. Do you want to roll the yeah. dice with me? I just want to say also. Uh, I know I realize everybody's cameras are getting better and stuff, but uh, MMA Junkie doesn't need to use this recent of a photo of Fedor, where he looks like he just had Thanksgiving dinner. Like, <laughs> we're in the sweatshirt. No, he's just little. You know. Okay. Look, man. I mean, we've, I'm a big all, guy. we've all we've all been there before. I'm a big guy. Too. He's been plump for pretty much ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when he had like abs, they were like on top of you know. This one, he's more horizontal. <laughs> um. Well, fuck it. Should we just get into the fights we like? Because I, we do have. I, I can tie in right here, guys. So mine, and I don't have the date. So I'm wondering if you, Mark, you have it. Uh, you do not. Okay. Uh. Fedor versus Fabricio Verdum uh, at the SAP Center in uh, San Jose, California. Uh, Mike, go ahead. June 26, 2010. 2010. And the event was Strike Force Fedor versus Verdum. So, Marcus, please throw that in the thing. Um, this was actually the first MMA event I ever went to. Um, Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. So... It was two months before the next one, which was... I had a really good start to this, Mike. I saw Fedor lose, and then the next event, I saw Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. You know, like, really, just some back-to-back -back fucking bangers right there. Um, so, Mark's going to have to talk to us about this more than I do. So, Fedor... Fedor, Jesus, it was 12 years ago. What Fedor was before this loss. And that was the greatest of all time, for sure, in most people's eyes. At least in terms of heavyweights. The man hadn't lost except for one uh, cut from stop, cut by, uh, one loss by uh, doctor stoppage. And it was only a loss because there was a tournament and they needed someone to advance, Mark. What was it exactly when he lost to uh, Kosaka? Oh, uh, it, it was a, a Carter Arona. Yeah, it was in rings and it was no, he a. Lost to Kosaka. Uh, oh, Kosaka. Koshaka, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah that, that that was in rings, and it was a uh, like it was a headbutt. So he lost. Yeah, but they had cut. he lost because they needed. It was a tournament, right? Wasn't that part of it too? Like it wouldn't they, like someone had to advance or some shit because that sounds like a no contest. There was no no contest. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, it was it was. It wasn't a real loss. This fight. was the, like yeah. this is like the John Jones twelve to six elbow thing, except probably more egregious because John definitely did cheat with those elbows. Um, they were against the rules. Um, so Fedor had lost, and. I think it was the fight before that, Mark, with Brett Rogers, where everybody's just like, Fedor having a bit too much trouble with this guy. Do you remember that fight? It was a little bit like, is, are the wheels about to fall off? Or maybe Bill didn't think that. Anyway, this fight fucking starts. Um, Fedor's in a triangle within 40 seconds. And, he's and, and the guy who has a triangle on him has arguably the best heavyweight jujitsu ever in MMA. Um, I think that was a fair assessment. At least at the time, that was the impression. And um, I remember, Mark, you said this, and it was still funny. Uh, now, where you said, because the way Fedor tapped, you're like, the man has never lost. He doesn't know how to tap. Because he just was just like, he didn't know what to do. He just got stuck, and he just got it like one tap. And I think it was Big John, yeah. was, or Big John or Herb, one of the two, was just like, okay, <laughs> you give up. And then uh, Fabricio Verdum celebrated like he won the Super Bowl, because he essentially did, man. That was a big deal, you know? This is before Fedor had six losses, which honestly, I'm surprised it's only six. I know there was some home cooking in some of those fights, um, like that Maldonado one, but it was a big deal, man. He beat Fedor, and uh, I don't know if that means as much as it used to for a lot of people. The sport has a lot of new fans, and then like a lot more fans now than it ever did, such that this shit, man, the guy's loss was 12 years ago, meaning his heyday was what? Five years before that, Marcus? What was Fedor's peak? Probably 04, 03, maybe? When he was fighting Nogueira uh, and shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the first fight where he got the heavyweight championship was probably, you know, that was actually, yeah, that, and that was in 03 when yeah. he fought Nogueira. The first so, like, time. 03 to 06, probably the man's, like, until Pride ended, that would be the heyday, we'd say. So, we're like... Yeah, and I mean, I, the, the thing with Pride, too, is that, like, they did not have the type of booking that we're kind of used to in the UFC with champions. There was lots of exhibition fights, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's fighting lesser competition. You know, he fought Gary Goodridge. I mean, some of these fights are kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? He fought Gary Goodridge. Uh, 
Yogi Nagata, who I think is actually like a pro wrestler. Yeah, Yuji he's like, Nagata. He's a pro wrestler. Yuji yeah, Nagata. Yuji I'm, a Nagata. Big, I'm a big Yuji. He was on AEW last year. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and he, I mean, he fought some guys that at the time were fairly relevant, you know, uh, Randleman and stuff. But like, it wasn't the type of you know champion that we're using the UFC where it's like they're always fighting, you know, the top four guys at least. You know, there, there was some kind of tune-up fights and easy fights there, but. At the time, the UFC just didn't have the international caliber of fighters. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Pride was on top, basically on a global scare scale, your best fighters were in Pride, and UFC was more of a national type product where you know yeah. most of the fighters were American. We didn't have a lot of the top talent from other countries. You know, Brazil was really dominating. I mean, they didn't, and Dana Russia. didn't go there with Chuck because they were winning. Let's because the UFC was winning. Let's put it that way. There wasn't like the Sure. They they had to go make a statement. That was the whole point of that thing. So yeah, yeah when and go ahead. Well, and and they and they, and they brought certain cal, you know, some of their best fighters to Pride, mm. and they they did they they asserted themselves fairly well, but they didn't dominate, right? Like Rico Rodriguez, who was also a champion, came over to Pride, and he did all right. But I think ultimately he lost to Big Nog, and and obviously Big Nog was kind of top dog for a while, and that's that's who Fedor defeated to get the belt. Um, you know, and then Crow Cop came into the picture, and that was a fight that was years in the making. And then they, when they finally did fight, he won. So he was largely considered to be the best heavyweight fighter, you know, in the world. But once Pride dropped off, you know, he was still active, but he was still fighting guys that just seemed beneath him. You know, Tim Sylvia, Andre Orlovsky, who were guys that held UFC belts. So it still seemed like, well, you know, these guys were champions in what is, you know, at that time, the biggest organization because Pride had fallen out. So, you know, his his stock was still up there. But like you said, with the Brett Rogers fight, where it seemed like he was really a guy that shouldn't be able to hang. The guy was at Costco flinging tires two months before. Yeah. I Look, I liked Brett Rogers. Think he ended up being not such a great person, if I'm not mistaken. But um, something, yeah. I think he might have smacked his wife around. Um, uh, I think it might be one of those situations. Um but I, I mean, I'm going to make sure because if not, I just fucking disparage the man publicly. Um, buh, 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 buh. Yep, he did. Ooh, he, did he, did, he did that. I'm seeing the mugshot. <laughs> there's, there's some stuff happening. Yeah, he did a couple things. There you go. Okay. Anyway, yeah, bad person. Um, but yeah, like that was one where like, ah, uh, is this? And then Verdum got him. Verdum choked him, and then Bigfoot Silva beat his ass six months after that. So and then we kind of mm -hmm. realized, oh, okay. But that night, man, I remember me and Stefan. I wish he was here on the podcast. We kind of found a door and just w started walking into the backstage area. And what we saw, look, what we saw was like, um, this was 20 minutes after the shit was over. Like, so probably half an hour after the fight was over. Verdum and his team are just all like their arms wrapped around each other doing the up and down jump. Like, hey, 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 you know, celebrating still. And I'm like, yeah, man, what a night. And then some lady said, are you guys supposed to be here? And I said, no, I'm sorry. And we left. But like, um, if he had said yes, I didn't have a good lie there. Also, like I, I just didn't. I have... think I think I was working that one. You were. I think I had. Yeah, yeah I had that. So because I remember seeing that same thing. We must have been closer than I realized because yeah. I remember them yelling in the back too. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was historical, right? It was you know it was, and that was a good event know. in general. If you want to see, uh... okay, I wouldn't watch Cyborg versus Jan Finney because. That was the thing, too, man. We all thought we were watching a murder, okay? Because it was eight minutes of Cyborg killing this poor mo woman. And then we all got woken up by uh, Fedor and uh, Verdum. But Kung Lee getting his revenge on Scott Smith. Real fun on there. And uh, you got scumbag Josh Thompson on that car, too, against Pat Healy. Pat Healy, man, you don't talk about that guy not a lot. But he was a, he was a solid fighter. Mostly made his name in Bellator. No, Strike Force. Strike Force. Better than Bellator, man. Strike Force was real fun for a while there. Remember, Mark? It was a good time. Uh, well, it, it helped that it was in our backyard and we could go to a lot of them. Yeah, it was nice. That was but it, 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 it was a good organization. You know, they well, had a lot of Bellator's in our backyard, players. too. Just the talent pool has been absorbed uh, a bit. Well, I mean, they don't go to San Jose nearly as much. And, yeah. And when they do, we still don't go. I would have gone whatever. to that one last one. Anyway, um, and what's the end? You got a fight this week also, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, peeling back, you know, the old pride fights. Uh, I picked a goodie, an oldie but a goodie. Um, this was at uh, Pride Bushido 7, and this was actually, I don't think, it, yeah, it was. This was actually Phil Baroni's, the New York badass. Mike, I don't know, do you know who Phil Baroni is? Was that a little before I, your time? I've heard of Phil Baroni, so okay. 
the the name at least sounds familiar. I didn't know he was the New York badass. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was very much his shtick. Um, and uh, this was his uh, debut in Pride, Pride Bushido, Bushido Seven, and this was against a uh, Minowa man, uh, who was you know a longtime veteran of Pancrase and then got into Pride, and you know kind of had a rocky going there early on. Um, but this was a classic fight. Uh, you know at the time. Phil had, you know, early in his career kind of asserted himself as a very dangerous stand-up fighter. Uh, his biggest win was against Dave Manet, who was a former, I think he was actually the first middleweight champion, um, knocked him out in 18 seconds. It was very much, you know, uh, Victor Belfort versus Vanderlei Silva. You just kind of rushed him, got him against the cage and just, you know, laid a beating on him. After that, he had, you know, a cycle of tough fights in the UFC. He lost to Lin Lin, two fights to Evan Tanner, and then uh, lost to Pete Sell. So, you know, trying to find a new home eventually ended up in uh, Pride because he was actually working with Coleman and Randleman. And this was his first big fight. And it was a tough one. It was it's a good fight because Minowa Man was really able to get him on the ground, tire him out, utilize his skill set that Phil was kind of, you know, not nearly as, as, you know, tactical on, which was fighting off his back, fighting off submissions. And, you know, going into the second round, Phil was was really gassed, but I think late in the first round, he was able to kind of, he pulled some switches on uh, Minowa and was able to get on top a few times, but anytime, you know, Minowa would work and give up his back. And then Phil just didn't have the grappling re regimen to really, you know, stay on his back would give it up and they do the cycle again. But it was, you know, late in that first round, he got to stand up again and kind of hurt Minowa with some punches. And he kind of got a second win going into the second round. And they really just let it go because um, Minowa was also landing some good shots. So, I mean, if you want to watch this fight, I would almost say if you want to watch the whole thing, that's great. It'll, it'll it'll build up a little bit better into that second round. But if you just want to get to the goods, baby, just go ahead and fast forward straight to the second round. And that's where they kind of just go balls to the wall. They really start throwing down. And, and Minowa, you know, to his credit, is one of these guys that like when he's in a firefight, he's not afraid to fire back. And, he, and to his credit, he was landing some good shots on Baroni too. But Baroni was just a little heavier-handed. And when he finally caught him clean, you know, he dropped Minowa down. And he finished him with, with some good old-style pride stomps. And uh, a little extra dirty. It, it would have been hard to call him, but he was holding on to the rope while he got these final stomps on, which... Oh, I'm a big really fan of that move. <laughs> ...significantly makes your stomps better if you have something to hold, you know, to balance yourself on. Yeah. You can really thrust down with the stomps. Yeah, because you, you don't have to um, use any of your weight to do anything besides stomp the motherfucker. You don't have to balance. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you don't get one hard stomp. I'm off balance. I have to reset. It's like, nope, I, I got a rope right here. Um, so it, it, it was a great fight. You know, they, and... and to go a little bit ahead, you know, Minowa does get his revenge. I think it was actually in the middleweight tournament. They fight again, and Minowa knows, like, okay, I'm just going to grapple this dude because that's where I can really beat him. Um, but that first fight was an instant classic. And just, yeah, ch check do out. That you, do you know round, when okay. Minowa Man's last fight was, Mark? I mean, I don't off the top of my head, but luckily for me. Yeah, 15 days the ago. internet right here. Was it a few <laughs> days ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, November 6th. Yeah, it took about a two-year um, left, and it was, it was in Ryzen, too. Yeah, oh, and the other one, the, the fight that. before that was against a sumo wrestler. Again, the Sanzo guy, the one in, that Ooh, was two years okay. ago. This mm -hmm. guy might be, yeah, that didn't go so well either. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're not going great. And this guy's, yeah, the guy, like the other guy's nickname, the guy he lost to's nickname is exactly this, Samurai Mark Hunt. That's a weird, that's a weird name, all right. Yeah, and he's a... Um, uh, the guy's 17 and 12, not exactly a world beater. He, that guy, he lost to a 40-year-old. Um, yeah, Randy's I mean, 46, you know, the wheels so. are, yeah, the wheels are off here, but when you when you have your record at 116 matches, 64 wins, 44 losses, I mean, yeah, it's about time to You think he's still working, like, sure. I think he's still wrestling, maybe. I don't he know. He might, I want to be too shy. Uh, maybe not when he's fighting, but like, uh, yeah, I know he was in GCW, apparently, it looks like, which is a real promotion, which does big stuff. Anyway, so that's Pride Bushido 7. Um, mm -hmm. When did it become mostly the little dudes? I guess these guys aren't that big. Like, that, that was the whole Bushido series uh, was because Pride only did middleweight to heavyweight, and middleweight was 205. So they only had 205ers and uh, um, heavyweight. And then like some dudes like Akira Soji and even Sakuraba were like, uh, I'm 185. I guess I'll fight at 205 because there's literally no options yeah. for me. 
Um, so the Bushido events were to, you know, basically had guys from, I think 65 was lightweight and then middleweight was 185. You know, they kind of had, I mean, basically two more weight. Classes. If you're going to, people going to watch this fight card, you got to watch the first fight because you need, everybody needs more crazy horse Bennett in their life. Okay. Oh, uh, easily one of my favorite Bennett fights too. Cause this is the one he's fighting, uh, Yoshia Meda, uh-huh. Meda. And uh, who's who's a who's a pancreas champion. And like the best part is he knocks this guy out. Mm-hmm. And then at least on the English broadcast, you see him. He he sprints. He jumps on the top rope and then they cut. Mm-hmm. And then he's all up on the ramp. He's like, did he fall? What the fuck happened? <laughs> this dude just like was like surfing the top I, rope I, for a second. I don't know if Mike's ever we ever talked to Mike or anybody else. Have we ever talked about Crazy Horse Ben on this podcast? I'm sure I've had to mm-hmm. The man who's point, probably though. mostly known. For choking Vanderlei Silva the fuck out in a backstage fight in Pride, right? So, so they, so they say. There's footage of it. Oh, is there? I don't. Yeah, know there's footage of Vanderlei going nap, nap time. I think. Anyway, uh, Crazy Horse. I mean, I don't name you after a strip club because you're a normal person. Let's just put it that way. Um, was it? Was that the one? He always mean mug yeah. the camera. Or was that just one time? Yeah, he would when they do their little face off in Pride. They'd have the two guys come together, and then the uh, the referee would tell you not to hit each other in the balls, and you would touch your groin, and that always peeved off Charles and Quentin. They're like, "Don't touch my junk with that." Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he would look directly in the camera and start mean mugging it. And his in a couple fights, I think even in King of the Cage, he would climb on top of the cage or on top of the ropes during the fight. And try to like get them to come towards them so he can do like a drop kick and shit. He was, he, I mean, he was an exciting guy. Well, he got put ultimately. To, you know what? He got put to sleep. He got choked out. I think he okay. dropped Vanderlei was the gimmick or something. I don't know. Sure, somebody the, 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 something the, happened. There was a brawl. There was like a backstage brawl, and it was all the talk. Um, but you know, once he got in, you know, once you saw him, like the dude hit hard for huh? a lightweight. You know, he and he was very dynamic. He was kind of like a small rampage in that, like. His skill set wasn't super high. Uh, he was high, still fighting had, up until last year, man. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't Bare think. Knuckle I think MMA. Went, he's, Bare Knuckle MMA. He has lost. And I don't think it went great. He has lost 13 straight fights. Yeah, it's it's been tough. Yeah. I mean, even in his pride, he was not a guy he that good. really. He was just exciting. Yeah, <laughs> he was exciting. He was really exciting. And, and the pride fights were good, you know. But then a lot of these guys started figuring out, like, okay, if I can just get this guy to the fucking ground and really, you know, work the submissions, I could get W's there. But this first fight in Bushido 7, he did not. Um, and that card overall was pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I would probably say that Baroni fight and then the Bennett fight are probably the, the, the best fights on that Pride 7. So yeah. check it out. Mike, did you have a fight this week? I did not. Uh, but you guys did a pretty good job of it. Pretty good. Almost good. Pretty good. We are, should we strive for good for next time? Um, all right. Um, we have nothing to pick at all. Nope, so, no fights uh, this week. No fights this week. Um, I Mike wasn't here for me talking about how much I enjoyed that fight card and how Mad- I was trying to talk generally about how cool Madison Square Garden was. That was your first time going for anything or your first time going for an MMA event? That would be incorrect, sir. I asked. I've, I went to Madison Square Garden when I was a wee little lass to go to Ring and Me Brothers Lad, and Barn and Bailey. Oh, whatever. You called yourself a little girl. That's why, oh. I, that's why I was yeah, correcting no, you, That's buddy. what he meant. Okay, fine. Oh. I was trying to correct you. You were saying lad, not last, but okay. Yo, it's 2022, bro. You don't know You don't know my life. I don't think I saw any pictures of you as a little girl. I mean, if you identified as such, well, go for it, buddy. Have you, have you confirmed if I have a penis or not? I have not. Bobby, what did no. you see while you were there? I didn't see that. Hey, man. My man's got brand new internet because of me. I think I did enough while I was there without checking out Mike's dick. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I, I've been there a few times before. Um, I went to a preseason Nick game mm-hmm. uh, last year and actually went to my first Nick game uh, right like a week or two before going to there. So, um, oh, okay. But, but I had not been in Madison Square Garden that many times considering i've lived in new york most of my life yeah but it was a good event sure. so if you want to spend a lot of money to go to a fight madison square is a good place to do it it's as good as it, it's a good a place as vegas let's put it that way to watch a fight i'll say that uh you you could tell me if you made this anecdote um it was a great card 
Uh, we spent a fair amount of money. Uh, and I was definitely worried whether it was gonna be worth it. And I think we both left Madison Square Garden thinking, yeah, that was worth the exorbitant money that we paid to go to that event. I mean, honestly, we really can't ask much more than setting the record for first round finishes and tying the record for most finishes overall. What else do you want me to do? We get a a miracle win at the the end of the night. You really can't ask for much more, to be honest. Um, Okay, Um, let's just do uh, fucking stuff we like, man. Um, I uh, we'll talk about the wrestling quickly, I guess. And then, Mike, you can take from there what else you got besides that. But you watched the wrestling with me. Um, yep. I thought it was a really good show AEW put on. Uh, uh, AEW Full Gear. I like that it wasn't... I like that it was under four hours, which is nice at this point. Under four hours. I think it was three hours 45 it came out to. A uh, bit of a... You know, if you stuck around and enjoyed the ending there a bit longer when MJF became world champion. I... Uh, I thought it was just, it was, I think they kind of needed it. I thought it felt like a kind of a reset, I think, also, Mike, the way they moved so many titles around. Like, this is what we're doing going forward. Um, I really, really enjoyed that Ring of Honor four-way match. I thought that was really cool. I liked, I'm kind of in awe of Jericho, to be honest. Still doing this shit. I don't care what he's on or how he's doing it, but like, he's 50 something i think 51 maybe my man's doing lion salts my man is doing everything taking all the bumps top rope uh, frankensteiners you know he's doing everything look i i'm very proud of jericho as well Mm. but you can't tell me he's on that gas and his body looks like that bro come on he looks he looks you seen him recently he looks good right now he lost a lot of weight he got he had that heart thing he lost 25 pounds he had abs that's so maybe, so maybe don't accuse him of being on the gas. I right? think no, he, well, he's admitted to being on the gas before. So he said he did a before. cycle before. All right, let before. me let me finish. Um, Come on. So I go. thought it was really that was one of my favorite parts of the night, and I enjoyed. Um, it's nice to see the, the the Bucks and Kenny back. That was fun. I like they're doing a best of seven. That's very AEW thing to do right now to be like, yeah, man. Remember this cool shit we did back in WCW? We'll do a best of seven with this now. You know, that's reminding me. I thought that was really good. And um, everybody loves Jamie Hayter. It's very clear. The longest match of the night was the main event at 23.15. The second longest was the 21-minute uh, Ring of Honor match. Then a uh, good cage match, too, with uh, Jungle Boy. And, that's uh, the only one I missed. Yeah, uh, you were trying to get that going, but that was that was good. If you know, if you bought the thing, you can go back and watch it if you wanted to. Um, and Soraya made her comeback, man. And uh, she, for someone who hadn't wrestled in five years, she went twelve minutes. Uh, really, she says a lot about Britt Baker that they gave her that kind of responsibility. It is very much her her division still, even though she's not the champion. Like she's the star of that division. And um, scissoring super over. That was my takeaway from the pay per view. What'd you think? <laughs> I agree. Uh it it was a very very good pay-per-view, very very brisk pace. I think with all of the matches, um there weren't really any lulls. Um the worst match on the card and even that was I was entertained by the match would be uh the Jade Cargill. Um yeah. the Jade Cargill match with um our girl Nyla. Yeah, with not with Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. Um I think if if AEW is a more washed product, like, like let's say this is on WWE, I'll tell you this shit right now. Marina Shafir does not get away with dressing like a chola. All right. That shit does not I, honestly, fly if there are more eyebrows on that. I think they would still get away with it because let nope. me finish. Let me finish. Nope. She's okay. literally dressed the way Chavo and Eddie would come to the ring. I think they would have gotten away with it. You have too much faith in America. Okay. <laughs> also, no one, was really, no one was really sure that was Marina Shafir. So I think they could have thought they might have just actually be a Latina woman they got to sit in the front there. There's also that. That might be why they got away with it. Um, yeah, that was not great. But that was, I, did, well, I did enjoy 
uh, Vicky Guerrero in the low rider. That made me, that just, warmed my heart. Just, just do me a favor. Just do me a favor, Bob. Your girlfriend's Mexican. Yeah, she's listening. Show her a, show her a picture from that match and then just ask her, how do you feel about this? I'm not saying it was okay. I'm saying that they would have gotten away with it. It being okay is never, these things haven't been okay ever. We're just still doing it. I'm saying they would have gotten away with it. Okay? Did she have painted eyebrows and shit or was it just a flannel? I think she just had the flannel. It was a gimmick, right? Uh, that I don't know. I noticed I mean, the flannel she, is what I noticed. I mean, you, you can't tell because she did have uh, big uh, shades sunglasses on. on. Yeah, and she was dressed like fucking Chavo. That's the thing. But then again, the gimmick they were running was very stereotypical Mexicans. So there's that also. Um, good show though. That was what I had this week for stuff I like. I watched ten minutes of season five of The Crown, and I'll probably watch that when this is over. And then uh, I'm watching. Uh, I think people should get excited about the World Cup, man. I know the United States just had a draw. Um, we have a really good young team, and it's going to be hard to sell you like this, but when it's here in four years, the World Cup, us having a home field advantage with a team that's developed and has gone through this World Cup, we're going to be a real problem next time. This time, we get out of this group. Maybe we get out, get past the second round. I don't know beyond that. We got a very tough bracket. Mike, what do you got this week? You are you are so wrong on so many things you have just mentioned. Yeah, me, Bobby. And, me and me and you're, the other ninety five percent of the population is wrong. Go ahead, buddy. You're 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 wrong on Marina, and also you're wrong that the United States will ever be a problem in soccer. We have had a young, exciting team for like thirty. Mike, years. you learned the rules about soccer like a week ago. Okay, you, you just know, figured out the rules. I was, I was very shocked. You're not allowed to use your hands. I don't see the point in that. Uh, it would make it so much more exciting if you just did like a wild card every soccer game, right? Where one person is just allowed. Oh God, to Mike, use their Mike, Mike is everything wrong that with Americans watching soccer. This is every, on, this, this is everything. This is everything wrong with soccer. Mike trying like, to yo, the turn it coach, into something else. The coach just throws up a glitter bomb, right? And that lets the the, the refs know, like, hey, number number four is going to be allowed to use his hands for the next five minutes. Come on, it'd be amazing. Anyway, uh, thing I like this week, uh, uh, FIFA, consider my proposal. Thing I like this week is right after Bobby left last Tuesday. That was I, it? This no, when Bobby that, left? That was the thing. No, that, <laughs> I'm just fucking, I'm just fucking <laughs> sorry. I, uh, I drove my ass to the closest theater and I went and watched uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm not gonna do any spoilers, Bobby. Okay, me, me and Bobby me. haven't watched. Bobby's gonna see. I'm not, it. When I'm you not guys are listening to this, Bobby's in the theater watching it, and maybe this weekend I'll see it. I have no idea. Come on, Bobby. I I know you're going to watch it tomorrow. Come on, I'm not gonna do that to you. Uh, just gonna say it was a great movie. This isn't a spoiler. Um, it was a great tribute um to Chadwick Boseman. I've heard that. And. It's only been a few days since the movie came out, so I don't really want to talk too much about the plot. If anything, uh, I think we can all wait until we've all actually seen it to eventually talk about it, if you guys are going to see it in the next week. But it was a great movie. It's long as fuck. But I will say, yeah, I was just about to get to that. Um, my attention span is not what it used to be. And holy shit, two hours and 40 minutes. What the fuck are we doing here? Bro, I got I two mean, hours in me. I've realized anything it past was, two hours, I start getting like antsy with everything. I got two hours in me. That's it, it. It was a good movie. It was a very good movie, but two hours and forty minutes. That's that's a long time to keep my attention without the, looking at my. When phone. I know it's a long movie and I go into it, there's times where I'm just like, I'll watch the thing and about. I'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna think about that scene because I'm gonna feel like we're probably gonna cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta give it a little sniff, sniff, or a little trim this thing up a bit. Was every part of this necessary is basically what I wonder a lot of times, you know? Um, I think because it was, I, and I know we say this sometimes with some superhero movies, but it did feel like more than just a superhero movie. There are some actually really good acting performances in this movie. Uh, the guy that played as I will always pronounce him now, Namor, rather than Namor the Submariner, he's now Namor. Uh, he had a very good performance. Um, there's been talk on the internet about 
Angela Bassett possibly getting an Oscar nomination as a result of this movie. I don't think it's crazy. I think she had a very, very good performance. Um, so I wouldn't be. Maybe she's just because she's a really good actress. And, you know, it sometimes sticks out in some of these movies where we're talking about tights and fighting the aliens and shit. When someone just puts on a fucking clinic sometimes, man. She's a good actress. Well, it might just stand well, out. In this, in, in this case, the meat she was given to work with was that. In this world, her fictional son was killed, and she's been trying to keep, you yeah. know, a nation together on her own. So yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty meaty shit to work with yeah. for, for I think any act. It doesn't matter if you're acting in front of a green screen. But if you have a chance, um, considering that it has grossed 330 million this past weekend, I'm assuming most people have probably watched the movie. But if you haven't yet, give Black Panther Wakanda Forever a shot. This is the last one of the year, right? They don't got another one coming, Marvel, right? Uh, no. Oh, and just one quick thing as well. Yeah, these white Mexicans, shut the fuck up, all right? Like, in case you guys are wondering, Mark's looking at me like, oh, well, what's, what's Mike talking about? So there has been a bit of an uproar in Mexico um, from lighter-skinned Mexicans. Check this out. They are complaining about not being represented in this movie. When if you have watched Telemundo or Univision or any of those goddamn channels from Central America and Mexico, if if your if your thought process on what a Mexican is, if your visualization of what a Mexican is based off those channels and those novelas, you would think all Mexicans look like Canelo Alvarez. Just white people with blonde hair, blue this is eyes, why and green eyes. Marina Shafir had to dress up that way oh, to fucking stand up. out, to fucking represent. Boom, I brought it around. <laughs> but they're complaining that all of the uh, Talocans, um, you know, they're, they all look indigenous. What they seem to not gauge on is that that was the point, that they're supposed to look indigenous. They're not supposed to look like fucking Cervantes. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little worked up. Anyway. It's okay. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Give it a whirl. Someone should tell these people about AEW. They might be satisfied. Speaking of a <laughs> speaking of AEW, fucking Penta is at this Niner game, and he gave and George Kittle showed up wearing a mask. And seriously, we better have George Kittle giving his post game interview wearing a fucking Pentagon mask. Uh, Marcus, I'm wondering yeah. if we're going to be hearing about God of War right now or not. It's my genuine curiosity. Uh, I would think, I'll, I'll I... think out loud. Yeah, um, I, I did get a play. God of War came out. Two weeks ago, I think. Um, I have not put much time into. It. I think I play. I got like two sessions, and I'm like a little over two hours. Um, and it's a long game, uh, so I just haven't had the time to really get into. It. I mean, the first two hours I played were fun, um, if not a little expected. Um, there are certain events that you kind of knew were going to take place fairly early on in this uh, in this game because the 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 previous one, God of War 2018. Um, there was like a secret ending that kind of, you know, foreshadowed an encounter you would have. And that game, I mean, so not to get too ahead, like in the first God of War, very early in the game, you end up fighting one of the gods in a very epic cinematic fight. Um, so it was kind of expected within the first hour, you would meet one of the characters they foreshadowed in the first game to have another one of these big epic fights. And you did. And it was fun. And it was really cool and enjoyable. Um, and the few characters that they've introduced so far, I think the performances have been really cool. I, I'm, I'll just say they, they tease at the at the end of the first one that Thor interacts with uh, Kratos um, in the first game. Uh, Thor and his son do kill. I'm mean, sorry, Kratos and his son kill Thor's sons. So you knew there was like some beef there. But I thought it was really interesting getting to see that interaction play out. And it just like it didn't really have the type of tone in like angst in it that i thought it would like i think the guy that played thor did a really interesting job and then some of the other characters that get introduced like i just thought that scene was really not just like well written but performed really well there was a lot of tension in the room that was unspoken but it, it was a really cool scene i really enjoyed it so I, i'm expecting a lot um like that for the rest of the game and i you know i'm starting to hear tidbits about their scenes talking about this and that. And, and what's kind of exciting. I, they're just like little Easter eggs, but 
Kratos has, you know, throughout the years become like a PlayStation mascot of sorts. You know, he's kind of one of their most iconic characters that is, you know, a PlayStation exclusive character they created. So he's been in a lot of different games. And I guess in here they reference those games, which I think is really interesting. Like they talk about he was in Mortal Kombat. They made PlayStation made a like a Smash Brothers game called PlayStation All-Star Brawl. And he was in that. So I guess there's some scenes that allude to those games, which I think could, could be very humorous. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm really I've really enjoyed the game. I just haven't had a, a lot of time to sink my um, you know, more hours into it, but I very much look forward to it. And the quality's there, you know. I could tell very early on, like, oh, this is a game with a high production value. Things just look and act and interact correctly. Like I see you go in caves, there's little bugs, and I was like, Oh, can I smash the bug with my axe? Of course you can. And it's it's satisfying to have the environment interact with you in such a way that, you know, with the high production game, you kind of expect it. You know, anytime you have a game where you interact with shooting a bottle and it doesn't break or something, it kind of like breaks the immersion a little bit. But yeah, this game does an excellent job of that. Uh, I guess what I want to recommend more more than even that is something that I've really kind of jumped onto probably this past weekend and I've been kind of binging a lot of their shows. Um, found yet another YouTube channel called Watcher. Um, and I guess, you know, watching some of these videos, uh, I found out that there are a couple guys from Buzzfeed, which I never, I, I know yeah, Buzzfeed, I, I, I've actually, heard I know about Watcher. it. I, I, I know what channel okay. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like puppet, there's like a puppet history show mm. and there's like, they do a lot of ghost stuff, which is fun. Cause one of the guys like believes in ghosts and the other guy like doesn't at all. So it's fun to, for them to go in like haunted houses and like, cause I've seen so many of these fucking ghost shows where they have all this equipment. That's just like weird shoddy equipment that are like, Oh, if something happens, it'll make a beeping buzzing sound or a light will flash. Like this isn't evidence. It's like something's changing and it's just like, it's just silly bullshit. Um, but it's fun how they kind of bounce off each other. And yeah, so this is one of those things that, you know, Christine is like, Oh, one of the guys we watch, uh, Brian David Gilbert was on an episode of puppet history. It's like, Oh, we'll watch this. We really liked it. We start watching all their stuff and I've really been enjoying that channel, which is fairly new. I guess these guys made, uh, started the channel right at like um, 2019, 2020. Um, so a lot of the stuff does kind of, you know, unfortunately gets hurt a little bit because a lot of it is remote on like th- what we're doing right now, like on a Zoom hangout call, which is not, you know, the the, the most entertaining thing in the world. But um, yeah, th- their stuff's been really good. So we've been really digging into their uh, back catalog. I'm enjoying that. And then I guess outside of that, you know, obviously we got Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And with that comes all these Black Friday deals. So there's lots of deals on games Get and FIFA. anything that FIFA's cheap. I, I have my eye on WWE, which is really bad. Which I know, like, I just is it that bad? Get. The most recent one, the, the one that just came no, out? It, it's better. No, no. I think uh, Steph bought it. Didn't he say? Did he Steph did. Bought it? He okay. Did. Uh, yeah. 2K22 is much better because. 2k20 they they really you know crapped the bed um and then spent a year trying to fix it so it's supposed to be a lot better i just you know I, obviously i'm not big into wrestling i just like playing as the old guys i and i love wrestling video games um but it's like i got god of war i want to beat i didn't beat gotham knights i didn't beat saints row so it's like it, when i have time to play games i have lots of other stuff i want to play. I, so I, to I, buy. Saints row, I gotta look for a deal on saints row that one i i want to get it's gotta be it's gotta be going on sale because it didn't Everything's not, gotta go on sale. Everything should go on sale, man. I don't it's think just, I think financially they said it did pretty good, but it didn't really get the response they were hoping for. So I would imagine there's well, supposed be to kick off a there. whole new thing. They were gonna try to kick off a whole new they thing. Like re, they like they rebooted it and I thought it was fine, but when it came out, there was a lot of performance issues, like a lot of these open world games do. And then of course, you know, P- they had a varied cast of characters, so everyone's like, Oh, it didn't do well, went well, go broke or whatever. And it's just like, well, I don't think I mean, honestly. I really like the story and the characters a lot. I thought I resonated with them more than the other Saints Row games because it's like the only one I remember is Gat. And I remember he's just kind of like a flamboyant asshole, which is like yeah. kind of what your character is supposed to be because you're the crazy guy that's doing all the killing. But he's like, I'm even crazier doing more killing. It's like, okay, that's cool. The other characters in the new one kind of ground everything. And it's like, you're the crazy psychopath because for all they know, you're a green Martian man. You're the one doing all the killing and all the crazy shit. There are the more grounded characters that are like, you know, but I, I what was the last one I, called I, I, the one where you like go to space uh, I, well, Four. I don't even know what the subtitle of it was. Well, one of them, you go to hell or something, the whole world as a whole thing. Well, there there's got goes to hell. That was like a DLC. That was fun. Four was your four was you're the, I, I didn't even play four. I loved, I loved, I loved one through three. 
Um, and they got progressively crazier. Oh, yeah. But four was like, you're the fucking president. Yeah, I, and I, I played that one. That was great. Going. I was like, that I, was I, excellent. Okay. That was okay. so much fun. I can't, <laughs> I can't justify I'm the president of the United Honestly, States. Honestly, part of me, car. I might just buy that again. All right. And play that I mean, instead. That might be the move. It. I had so much fun. I, mean, I need to play that. I, need, I realize I need to get that game and I need to get the last uh, fucking Just Cause game. But Mike, sure, this is it. my question for you. Are you interested in joining the Bobby Mark, Mark doesn't know about this yet, PS5 surgery party where we all pop open our PS5s and pop in a two terabyte uh, hard drive that we oh, buy yeah, on Black Friday? That. Huh? That's th- I'm down. I mean, you mentioned it today. I, and I'm I was in. like, I'm in for at least yeah. one. I'm buying one for sure. It's going to have to happen. Mike, I saw you deleting shit the other day. <laughs> Join the party. Is that does that void your warranty? No, no. There's a whole, it? there's a whole, other, the whole fucking extra SSD, SSD slot yeah, there too. You don't. It doesn't. Even... It's 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 oh, supposed to be really okay. easy too. Like you can slide off one of the plastic casing. Yeah, and I guess it's just like there. You just Bobby, whoop. you do it first. I mean, I'll do it finish. first. Like, I need a car drive first. I gotta. I'm. I'm. I've got to decide if I'm gonna buy. Uh, the West. This is. And you know what? You guys can all listen to this. We're trying to figure out real shit here. Whether we're buying the one, I'm buying the one terabyte Western Digital Black one. Oh, uh, two terabytes. Get the two terabytes. I'm gonna get two. I'm gonna get four, but it's too expensive. I gotta buy a router too, man. Currently, oh wait, I, I don't know. You you tell me which one to buy. Western Digital like, is like 130 bucks. The one terabyte right? was 130. Yeah, Western Digital Black. Just t- type in the word PS5 after that. Anyway, let's end this podcast. Yeah. Thank we'll you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'll be back next week. We're gonna preview this, quite frankly, pretty awesome main event. Um, Kevin Hall. It's a good card. The whole thing's Dude, not bad. You, you go down. It's like I, I recognize half these guys. Dude, I, I this is like, a good card. The, like I didn't tend you guys a list of. I thought we. Were, I forgot what that it was not till next week, and I was like, well, I don't sure. know what we want to pick or not pick because there's like six fights where I'm like, pretty much know what's happening in this one too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was Doctor Law. It was Lavender Gooms. That was DJ Mark. We see. We'll see you guys next week for more MMA talk. Peace out. Yeah, see you. One terabyte is one twenty. How much is two terabytes? Gotta get two. How much is two terabytes? Two twenty nine. Is that a deal though, cheap. or is that just the price? I think I might wait to it, see if this. It on says a it says it's on sale from two ninety nine. I mean, you know, we gotta check. We gotta camel, camel, camel that. People who listen to it during the during the uh, outro get to know about camel, camel, camel. Go there for all your Amazon price tracking needs. Peace out.